All right, guys, just a quick add-on to the podcast, right? So obviously during the podcast, I allude to having to travel somewhere. I've just arrived in Sydney, Australia. So during the podcast, I knew I was coming, but it wasn't publicly announced yet. Obviously, Charles Oliveira gets cut. He's out of the fight. So in terms of uh, my role in this, I'm in Bali with Alione training camp. As you guys heard, I had to fly from Bali to LA. I get to LA. Keenan seminar, fly back to Austin. I get in Austin at night. I actually wake up 1, 2 a.m. jet lagged. I had been discussing with Volkanovski. I was like, yo, are we going to go watch the Islam fight against Oliveira? Let's go. I was thinking how funny. Have a massive Sambo's fake shirt on for this fight. Thought it'd be funny. Hopefully don't get killed over there. He said, don't book your flight. Hold up. We may have a rematch on 11, 12 days notice. Obviously, I'm like, when do you need me? He's like... Could you get on the next flight? So I'm looking at the flights right there. So it's 3 a.m. Whenever we fly from the U.S. to Australia, it's always late at night and you arrive in Australia earlier in the morning. When you fly Australia to U.S., you leave early in the morning and you land the same time you leave. Very strange. But I take a 7.30 flight. Felt, again, feels like the longest flight on earth to Australia. When you live in Australia, you don't think you're far away. When you don't live in Australia and you go home, you think that might as well be another planet. But I'm here, I've made it down to the gong. So I arrive, freestyle MMA, catch the last part of his training session this morning. The man is ready to go. People don't give this man enough respect. This is insane. He is fighting. So he's just had his third daughter. He's coming off of an elbow surgery. Both his arms couldn't even extend straight. Going to the Aia fight, his arms were fucked up. So though he hasn't done a training camp, he feels great. He's healthy condition. I'm super psyched for this. Obviously, watch the first fight a few more times. We know what we need to work on. I'm not going to tell you what we're working on. But we are not here. Well, I shouldn't take ownership of this. I'm on the sidelines, not getting punched in the head. Volkanovski isn't here to take a paycheck. Forget about that. He's not taking a last-minute fight because he will have a built-in excuse if he lost. He's not doing this for the fans. He is doing this because he believes he can win. Let's look at it from Islam's perspective. People don't give this guy enough credit for taking this fight either. They say, oh, he was already in a camp. He's a weight division above. He's ready to go. Charles Oliveira, Alex Volkanovski are two completely different fighters to prepare for. That goes without saying. Oliveira is going to be significantly easier to take down, but much more dangerous off his back. So what would Islam's camp have entailed? It would have entailed a lot of submission defense, a ton of it. He submitted Oliveira in the first fight. That doesn't make Oliveira any less dangerous for him personally in terms of preparation. On the feet, very different opponents on the feet. Volkanovski, master of footwork. Oliveira moves more in straight lines, uh, throws different types of strikes. Uh, totally different opponent Islam has to prepare for. He has 11 days to prepare for this. He has to make adjustments just like Volkanovski does. As the fight progressed, Volkanovski-Islam, Volkanovski got more confident, got more dangerous. So if we look at it from Islam's perspective again, he was facing a guy that he finished in the second round, a guy that he dropped multiple times, a guy that he took down quite easily. Now he's facing a guy that the last time 
he was making contact with this guy. He was close to being TKO'd. He was absolutely exhausted. He's fighting a guy that he had great difficulty holding down. Great, great difficulty holding down. A guy that he came nowhere near close to the submission. So this is a fascinating fight. I'm here to do everything I can to help him prepare. Obviously, my boys are going to Atlantic City this weekend for ADCC trials. I'm really sorry that I won't be there for them. But again, it's the B team. We've got multiple guys. We've got multiple people there to support. Nicky Rod will be there coaching. Damien will be there coaching. Those guys are going to crush it at ADCC trials this weekend. I, however, will be will be with Volkanovski to the very end. So we, I basically fly in here. I arrive. I don't even know what fucking day it is. It's been this much travel. But I landed this morning at 8 a.m., took the two-hour drive down. We're training tonight. We're training tomorrow. I believe it is Thursday here. I should know this before filming this. But you guys, again, this is this podcast. What I'm filming now will be released within 30 minutes. And then we fly to Abu Dhabi on Sunday. That's 65 hours of flying for me within like a four or five-day period. Bali to LA, LA to Austin, Austin to Sydney, Sydney to Abu Dhabi. And then, of course, Abu Dhabi back to Austin. And for me, as I talk about this podcast, onwards for Polaris in London. No one loves traveling this much. This shit is brutal. But if the champ calls, we'll be there for him. Obviously, I'm a part of Volkanovsky's camp, but he is a true friend. If he needs me, I'll be there. Obviously, we've got a big hurdle coming up. But the bulls on this man, absolutely incredible. I cannot wait to see the rematch. I personally believe this is what should have been booked to begin with. This card is insane. Only a couple of hours ago, they announced that uh, Paulo Costa was out and Kamaru Usman is replacing Paulo Costa. That is a fucking crazy fight. They were actually talking about Usman Chemaev earlier. I don't know what happened with that, but uh, never came together. It's funny because both these fights initially were fights that had been spoken about. Everyone was thinking, oh, Islam Volkanovsky in Abu Dhabi. People were talking about Usman Chemaev in Abu Dhabi. They booked other fights, but we get what we want anyway. Hopefully, Paulo Costa's there. They should put him in commentary. The cunt is fucking hilarious. But guys, that's it. I just had to add this because I didn't know when they were going to announce these fights. I thought maybe they'd announce Oliveira was out before they announced a replacement. Keep us in suspense. But it got leaked from a Brazilian podcast, I believe. It got leaked on a podcast. If I knew we could have got away with leaking on a podcast, it would have been leaked on El Segundo. But you guys are in for a treat next weekend. I cannot wait for this shit. Australian champ champ, Alexander Volkanovsky. It's controversial. Having that guy around is the, the best thing that ever happened to the squad. If you have the right mix of autism and steroids, all these pundits and whatnot, a lot of people doubting me, you know. I don't want to fucking have a conversation while I'm showering, you know, like, the hobby I do is already so gay. You are now listening to the El Segundo Podcast with Craig Jones. We're here and we've got to address something. 
very, very important. And that is your weirdness with fucking water. It's just this marketing, bro. It's water. No, dude, water is different. Like McDonald's sells Dasani water, tastes like toilet water. They all come out of a tap, bro. What do you think they uh, get? Fucking dude, they come from, from different from parts of the world. What do you think they make fucking water filters? Where does Dasani come from? Um, I can't give you that information, but I know it definitely doesn't come from the same pond that's smart water. So if we did a blind tasting, you'd be able to know. I'd be able to pretty... I mean, I won't tell you the specific brand, but I could tell you if it's good or if, it's, if it tastes like shit, yeah. I mean, you do know smart water doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you smarter, but it tastes better. So in my mind, it hydrates me faster. The only... I don't notice the different brands of water, but I will notice if it... Like, I've been trying water in a can because... At the UFC events, they're like, they always got some sort of sponsor yeah. and monster. Even at the Fire Pass events, obviously, they have the, the UFC shit there. So I was surprised at how good the monster water yeah. tasted in a can. I feel like water tastes better in a metallic can. It's like crispy. It's like the water from uh, the fucking, what the, what's that brand we had last week? The canned one? Uh, Liquid Death? Liquid Death, yeah. That shit tastes like you crack it and it's like crispy. But I fun. think that's just because it's out of a can. Yeah, absolutely. But so I you, mean, you will be able to tell qualities of water if definitely. we did a blind taste. So you don't think like Fiji water, t- it, no. it, it tastes different than Dasani? It just comes from a tap and gets put in a different bottle. No shot. The Fiji water is from Fiji. Directly from Fiji. They oh, ship it they over. They ship it over. What do you think a bottle that's like this big costs like $25? It's not that expensive. What's the most expensive? What's the other one I tried? Uh, Evian. Like Evian? Yeah. We it's had that water. one yesterday at the airport. It was pretty pretty bad. It's just water to me, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I believe they come from different regions of the world, taste different. But are you the type of guy that'll be like, oh, I can't drink that? I mean, if I if it's the only thing around, I'll drink it. But if I had a choice, I'm always going to go for the smart water bottle. There was that Zac Efron Netflix show where they went to some part of the world and they were doing water tastings. And I was just like, this shit is fucking silly, yeah. I think. I There's think shit I mean. like pH levels, bro. That definitely changes the way water tastes, <laughs> right. for sure. The only pH level we're measuring is inside your vagina for <laughs> making me go get you a different water today, the Togo water. We got Togo water from is the country in Africa? Togo. I mean, you would believe it. Hey, I could bring you a bottle of water and tell you it was fucking $100, and you'd be like, this is the best damn water. I'll taste it, and I'll let you know. But you can't tell me that the Sony tastes good, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, for people listening at home, what happens... Like, how, like, what happens when you're at a gas station or something, the guy's like, oh, grab me a bottle of water, and you come back, and they're like, oh, you got me Dasani. You look at that person, you think, it's fucking water. I, if, you, if I said that and you grabbed me Dasani, I'd be a little disappointed, especially because there's so many better options. Better. I mean, they're just more expensive. Uh, I don't know. I feel like Dasani, we could do like a taste test. If I poured smart water in a Dasani bottle and didn't tell you what you know, I would probably be able to tell you this tastes, I mean, it, it'd be like, this tastes better than usual Dasani water, yes. They did brain scans on people with cheap and expensive bottles of red wine. And um, based on what they told them it was, it would activate a part of the brain accordingly. So it was like, I feel like it's a bit of placebo there. Did they just randomly test a whole bunch of like retarded people? Well, I mean, I mean, I can understand an expensive bottle of red wine more than an expensive bottle of water. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, we're talking about like a dollar here, a dollar there. It's not too, smart water's not too. And also the thing about smart water is the size of the bottle brings you more water. Oh, well, so you're, you're telling me you actually prefer it for the shape and good. Taste, it. taste. You using it for yeah, other things. The bigger the better, yes, yes, yes. But, but the taste is obviously a, bit, a big thing. Dasani, yeah, Dasani would be a bit harder to utilize inappropriately. Yeah, yeah. 
<clears throat> only if you found the right woman. Um, so I just got back from, well, technically I just got back from San Diego. We got back from San Diego last night, yep. but I've been out in Bali for the last week. We were out there for Al Leone's camp. So my friend Alex that runs Al Leone, he brought us out to Bali and he brought out the Al Leone team, the whole sponsored athlete crew, which I think a lot of these guys don't really appreciate how crazy that is. Like when I was coming up, like the thought of a sponsor paying for you to go anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. was absolutely outrageous. Like the only free trips I ever had coming up, it was a tournament in Australia called the GTA. I won that once and they gave me a ticket to uh, to LA for Nogi Worlds or obviously Abu Dhabi World Pro, World Pro where you win a ticket that way. But like Alex takes such good care of these guys. He flies them out. We train at Bali MMA. We have fancy dinners. We get drunk a bit at night. We party a bit, but um, some of those guys aren't into uh, aren't into the debauchery. You know what I mean? I guess they're up and coming athletes. And just so people know what you're talking about, how many people do you think you flew out there? Like the total amount of people. I mean, the group of us filled three minivans, so probably probably over 25 people. Not only that, but he flew out videographers, mm-hmm. photographers. Um, I actually really annoyed there was this russian photographer there that i annoyed her so much during the photo shoot that she just cut me out from there on but i was meant to be in the photo i had to go to four photo shoots in four days but by like day two she'd had enough of me so she stopped taking photos of me so i was just like oh i feel like i was probably the most important athlete to get photos taken so i feel like she's probably going to get fired over that but we did feud because she was trying to say crazy shit she's like look angry, look serious, look like you're going to fight. And I'm like, yo, you realize what we do is one of the gayest looking things on earth. Like, I'm not going to make an angry face, a tough face. I was like, at least look at my Instagram. I'm not going to take a serious photo. This shit is so stupid. Nicky Rod would have smashed that photo shoot. He loves that type of shit. Yeah, I mean, that's just, he just thinks back to uh, traumatic memories and he'd be able to channel the right. I love when the very hardest to make guy comes and you see him through the security cameras and he's really taking that shit serious. Oh, Nikki Rod, you talk, I thought you meant Nikki Ryan. Yeah, Nikki Rod takes it takes it very, very seriously. I do wonder who he borrowed those poses from. Dude, he's a he's like a, a model man. He he learned the the correct way to be a, a model. The, the art, hey. The art, yeah. Ju- I mean jujitsu has definitely cost him his modeling career since he got his staff here. Yeah, dude his face is like lopsided as fuck now. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit is it still a bit wonky? I haven't seen him for a while. No, nah, but one year is droopy, I think it's down i think he really did tear the muscle that connects the ear to his skull that's pretty fucking funny eh? he sacrificed <laughs> everything for this sport. that's the same reason i think less women overall train because like it robs you of your beauty yeah yep. i mean it takes something from you um but yeah bali we were out there training we were at bali mma actually shout out to the guys uh andrew andrew and donnie own bali mma i really did enjoy training there and our boy Mitchie who hooked us up with a a bunch of these sunglasses what is it Oscar and Frank named after his dog this guy started this sunglasses but he used to be an electrician in Australia and even like people like Justin Bieber are wearing them now or at least that's what he lied to me about and that's why I've decided to wear them but (laughs) he would be the type of guy that would lie or would take an opportune moment to just roast you and ruin something beautiful you know but for me those were good people Bali typically is like Australia's Mexico. Like Mexico's got a lot of Americans down there vacation, right? Bali would have a ton of Aussies because it was 
You could get from Perth to Bali in three hours. So it was like a bunch of Aussie bogans, or when they finish high school, they go party in Bali. Mm-hmm. I never went. Obviously, hardworking man was focused on my career, but I got to experience it. I didn't know what to expect because I'm into Thailand and stuff, but I got to be honest, I probably enjoyed Bali more than Thailand. I'm not sure if that's because of all the activities that were organized biased me to it. Like, I mean, Alex even had us, we had a, a military police escort. So like he would, this guy would clear the streets for us of traffic and we'd just glide through. You just felt like a, you just felt very important. You know, you looked at the other people, like immediately you would just like, get out of my way peasants. How dare this traffic hold us up, you know? Riding the scooters and stuff's dangerous. But yeah, we were out in Bali, usually full of Australians. Thanks to uh, old Putin. Now it's full of Russians and Ukrainians. So I guess if you were a single man that appreciated the beauty of Eastern Europe and you went to Bali, you would probably be thanking Putin. That might make you a pro-Putin supporter, honestly. But yeah, it's pretty surreal to see that now, like having had so many Aussies living there in the past and now it's just full of full of Russian Ukrainians. It's pretty it's pretty strange, you know, Southeast Asia full of Russians. Yeah. It looks beautiful, man. Like a lot of the pictures you guys are posting look like a like a really fucking good time. Yeah, man. It was it was honestly a grueling schedule, hey. Like it was um for me personally, like I because I had to go to the photo shoots every day, so it would be like what was my schedule? So ten AM we'd train. Um we'd train at Bali MMA at ten. Straight after that, some of us would have to go do photo shoots, video shoots. I would have to do a lot of that every day. Then we'd have a team dinner and then we'd go out for drinks every night. It was big. It was big. It was killing me, killing me every day because we'd have late nights. Like, you know, like I was on a a vicious drug cycle out there of like we'd be partying. I'd have to take a Xanax to go to sleep. have to take a fucking Adderall to wake up. You know, it was like. It was very much so strengthening my heart, I would say. I'd say Bali strengthened my heart. You're a walking science experiment, dude. It's crazy. Dude, you know what? It's like you kind of have to use drugs as a means to an end, you know? Like you can force adjust the time zone change, mm-hmm. you know? Like you can pop a modafinil or Adderall to adjust the time zone, take a Xanax, Valium to go to sleep. The hangover of those drugs are oftentimes less severe than just lack of sleep in general. Yeah. So yeah, for me personally, it's like uh, anyone that's traveled a lot in their life, generally speaking, you have to use that stuff. And for us traveling to Bali, obviously it can be a bit sketchy. History of the Bali, nine people bringing drugs in can be a bit dicey bringing drugs into Bali. But you know, if you're, if you're brave enough and your asshole is loose enough, anything's possible, you know? But yeah, in terms of the Bali experience, we had uh, Joseph Chen, we had Kenta, we had, Garabek. Garabek's also recently sponsored by Alion. He beat Fabrizio Andre at that Aiga Teams event. And that's obviously, that's victories aged very well. Very well, yeah. Considering what Fabrizio Andre did. It's still, I still cannot believe that a 66 guy that didn't make day two of ADCC beat the 88 champ. And like, Giancarlo got off some really good attacks. Like, he got close to an armbar and stuff, but he kind of. He got out wrestled by the little guy. Oh, like, yeah, it's, yeah. I just don't know. Like, I don't, it's just crazy to me. Fabricio's no gi judo looks insane. He threw Kynan, bro. Yeah, he threw, he threw everyone. Yeah. He threw, he threw Owen, yeah. threw That's Giancarlo. That's right. That's right. Threw Kynan. He's, he was really the unsung hero. I mean, not even unsung. Everyone was worshiping him, worshiping him. But obviously, uh, the Who's Number One event 
was the most recent event, so that sort of trumped it a bit in people's minds. Obviously, Mika got a got a crazy armbar in that event. But, yeah, the whole team out there, uh, everyone was training pretty hard. You know, some of these guys, because Allianz sponsors a lot of guys from, like, China or um, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia and stuff like that. There's definitely a lot less chill in some of these people. You know what I mean? Like, Joseph's chill. Joseph trains super chill. Kent is pretty chill. But some of these guys, man, doing crazy shit, like Warriors say, like it's like they're fighting for their honor. And I think that might be because they're not used to rolling with the cameras out. So they're coming. They were coming to kill in the training room. <laughs> we even, we actually, we even had Kaya there as well. Kaya was down. That's right. But yeah, we had a, yeah, Liam as well. Liam from Sweden was down there. We corrupted him every night. We tried to get this guy super drunk every night. But he was a warrior. He showed back up every day. He even got barley belly out there. So the food poisoning. Oh, fuck. I think he might have been the only one. It got to him that night. Three times in Thailand, it's only got to me once. I always hope that uh, despite my whiteness, enough travel will strengthen my stomach a bit. Because when you you grow up in a place like Australia, uh, traveling does a number on you those first few years. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing close to you guys. Well, I mean, but, I mean, Southeast Asia is close. Other than that, nothing, nothing else. New Zealand, again, New Zealand's close, but basically a state of Australia. Same thing, yeah. Yeah, we consider that the same. We should have just... We should have taken that over a long time ago. Hey? <laughs> but yeah, Bali was fucking great experience. So thanks, Alex, for hooking that up. It's funny, Alex, actually, uh, I wasn't meant to go to Bali, but I went to Shanghai to see him. We did some stuff, some seminars out there, and we got drinking one night. And while I was drunk, he's like, you coming to Bali? And I said, yes. And then I woke up the next day, and he's like, you coming to Bali? And I said, let me check the schedule. And he said, you promise? And I said, well, I'm a man of my word. I guess I'm coming to Bali. <laughs> Yeah, we had a great time out there. Again, I cannot wait to go back to Bali. Honestly, it was super cool. Bali MMA, sick gym out there. They, yeah, they had some sick merchandise too. They had a very nice, they had a very nice crop top. They also had a very nice pink tank top. But uh, anytime I wear something cool like that, people around me just want to copy me, steal the same style. You know, it's a very painful experience for me. And it's, especially if it's some flamboyant gay item, you know? It's tough, tough being a trendsetter, man. I know you try, you try, you try to lead the charge like this Washdown shirt as well. One of our guys uh, hooked this up for me. This was an old reversal shirt, but they only make like 30 shirts at a time. So it's like yeah. we had to hunt this down to some Asian websites, but uh, Lynn found that for me. So shout out to him. Hopefully reversal sends me some more. Hopefully Mitchie, you bastard, send me some more uh, of these beautiful Oscar Frank sunglasses. Yeah. I actually really like this. Hey, people will say to me like only you can wear things that stupid. And I'm like, what does that say about me? Is that, I look retarded. Is that I have no self-respect? That I mean, you're like the first person that brought the leopard print to jiu-jitsu, so you kind of have this like thing about you. You can kind of wear anything and get away with it at this point. Yeah, I feel like if you just wear things ironically enough, enough times people just start taking you. So they see it as something you can wear and not take it that serious, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely doesn't seem to protect you from the sun, but definitely very stylish. I tell you what it does do when you're driving, it gives you these great blind spots where you might crash the car and kill <laughs> or run someone over, you know, but that's the price of high fashion, I guess. You, uh, you thinking they're doing these body camps, uh, like yearly or. Well, I think it was just the out, like, that's the crazy thing is like, that would have been an expensive event to put on. And it was like, you couldn't pay money to go to it. It was just for the Allion sponsored athlete. So like in my mind, I would keep thinking about that. And I'm like, fuck, like some of these guys are blues and purples. And I'm thinking, man, imagine getting a, all expenses paid trip to go train and have a bit of fun in Bali. That would be the dream. Like I look back to my, yeah, again, so you, obviously these guys, I don't know if they fully appreciate 
what that brand's doing for them, you know? But it's hard to have perspective, obviously, if that's all you've ever known. Nicky Ryan would have quit at Blue Bell if that was a sponsor back in the day. Yeah, Nicky, yeah, Nicky Ryan, it, it, it wouldn't take much. Given our schedule out there, we, it would have broken him. Nicky Ryan would have broke. Hey, if this man has a – just doesn't quite get enough sleep. So the token Nicky Ryan story is we had Sal in here. Sal, he's a veteran. By definition, he's a veteran. Yep. But when you get down to the specifics, he was a Coast Guard. And I remember he was telling us about how hard boot camp was, and we were like, yo, like how hard is it? He's like, man, some nights they didn't let us sleep. And I was like, whoa, that sounds worse than Guantanamo Bay, man. I don't know how <laughs> you managed to get through it. So he was saying that to Nikki, saying, Nikki, you would not last a day in boot camp. And I was like, you know what? He'd probably last a day. And then that day, Nikki Ryan came in, right? And he tells me, he's like, man, we can't train hard today. Um, Damien's girl's cat was scratching my door all night. And I didn't get a good night's sleep. So I was like, yeah, fuck. Probably wouldn't last one yeah. single day in boot camp. So again, out of the young camp, he would like, I'm sleeping three hours a night, powering through, obviously to the use of uh, different substances, but we got there. And then we go to San Diego, right? So I leave Bali, have a 25, 30 hour journey, business class. Thank you very much, Alio, but business class helps. I land San Diego. We, we land in San Diego. We have different, obviously you're coming from us. We, we land in LA and we drive down SD. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We drive, we drive down, um, takes a long time to get down there and then yeah there was some like weird traffic stop along the way close all the lanes and there was like no construction just one lane open for like a mile yeah i was ready to ready to kill people away eh? and then um even in and out took a while it's like you'd think the place where in and outs existed the longest would be we'd kind of like chill out on it you know like yeah. settle down you know like yeah, yeah. it's fucking it's meant to be quick and easy every in and out you drive past california is fucking full of people it's like bro you guys have had it the longest yeah. relax the worst one I ever had was south of Portland. I went to in and out there, and it was a three-hour wait. Jeez. And I was like, what kind of miserable fucking existence are you living to line up for in and out That's the drive-through every time in Los Angeles, though. Yeah, but three hours? Yeah. Three hours, you could fucking drive to LA for three hours. Yeah. You could drive to another one. But we get to our Airbnb. We got this two-bedroom Airbnb in La Jolla. And the cleaning lady or the old owner has fucking locked the door handle. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get in. We can't get in. We're using the code. We're trying to get in. Infuriating. Airbnb used to be the dream, but now I'm thinking like we're back to hotels because it's like they're hitting you with like a $500 cleaning fee and shit. This lady, it's the listing that she said self-check-in. So I take that to mean you can check yourself in. I don't Whatever know. You want. Yep. Maybe, maybe it's in Spanish, but she had accidentally locked the door handle. So you could put the code in and remove the deadbolt, but you just couldn't get in. And I was like having a full argument because it's 2 a.m. I got to teach this fucking seminar the next day. And I was like, fuck this shit. We're going to go. So we just got a hotel room. And then the next day, I'm like, yo, can we check in? Because I like I wanted the Airbnb because it was a double bedroom, kitchen and shit. So the next day, she's like, yeah, you can check in. So we go there and she's unlocked the door handle and just pretended like nothing happened. Yeah. I'm like, yo, do we get a <laughs> refund for the first night? Radio silence. Like, I don't even know what to do. I'm definitely, obviously, leaving her a one-star review. That's within my power. You still yeah. haven't heard back from her? She never, no, she just, oh, dude. she sent me the, to you know what's crazy? She sent me the, the message, the automatic message at the end that was like, hey, it's your cheerleader that owns, I'm like, fuck you, bitch. At least give me a custom goodbye. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was it for that. So we stayed at the hotel. 
I'm jet lagged, so I only sleep three, four hours. We go to the Keenan seminar. 200 people there. Massive. I felt quite rude, but I was all out of ideas for what to teach. So I taught the Boogeyman Tohod, which was bad because that's Boogeyman's home gym. That's his home city. Home city, yeah, home city. So I felt bad. I apologize in advance for any Boogeyman students in attendance. But Boogie loves it. He's he's all good. He, he's down for a laugh. Um, we teach the seminar. We do a Q&A. We're already three hours deep at this point. This was crazy because it took an hour to do photos. Hey, because typically I just put my arm around people. People asking for prom photos, me carrying them, um, looking at me weird shit. Like one guy gave me a Polaroid picture of his feet. Yep. Um, and then we roll and then I'm rolling. I did, what did I do? I'm like, yo, let's just do. You did 10, three minute rounds, 10, 10 minutes. So it's meant to be a three hour seminar, but at this point we're three and a half deep. We're deep on this thing, you know? And, uh, one guy, like I'm rolling one after the other, one after the other, no break. One guy catch me with the North South. That'd be the greatest day of this guy's life. Hey, eh? I don't know who it was. We got it on video. Though. I got it on video. Yep. We got it on video. The worst part was, is that day. I thought I was getting sick, but that's just because, like, um, I think just, like, public speaking, dehydrated, you get a bit of a sore throat. So when this guy grabbed me in the north-south, I was like, fuck. I thought I had, like, swollen lymph nodes and shit, eh? <laughs> but I was able to keep my cool and not break his leg afterwards like some people would do. Keep it pretty chill. So we finished that. We don't even eat. We bang straight into the Keenan seminar. We used Keenan Studio. Keenan was actually, initially he said, six months ago he probably said yes to the pod. And then two weeks ago, when I refreshed his memory about it, he said, no, he prefers to say to the public eye. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I respect that. And then a couple of days before the seminar, he agreed to jump on. So we got that editing. That'll be coming out. Yeah, yeah. Did you have to like draw it out of him or he just texted you like, you know what? I'm actually down to do this. So I don't know how the conversation started, but he said, hey, let's catch up. We could do this, 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 or even a pod. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's do the pod. Because, uh, yeah, Keenan is a real like legend of the sport. Like so a lot of people have different opinions on him based on sort of stories or media things or weird internet things that are circulated. But yeah, definitely one of the legends of the sport, one of the most famous grapplers ever. So it was cool to talk to him to see, cause he's out of the public eye a bit now. So it was cool to talk to him to see how life's like, like that. It's cool to talk to him also to get a, get, get a bit of perspective to see how he handles. Cause obviously he was the big name and he would drew himself. So how he's dealing with life a bit more anonymously, how he's dealing with life, not competing and stuff, but it all, he all sounds pretty good, but you, I won't spoil too much, but you guys get into that. But again, if you obviously, some of these people listen to probably white belts. Yeah. Definitely trace back some history. Keenan is definitely a legend of the sport. Keenan was kind of who Gordon was before Gordon took over that spot. He was like the great white American, like non Brazilian hope to, uh, cause at the time everyone was just getting smashed by Brazilians. So we, all collectively were kind of like, fuck, we need, we need someone. Keenan came pretty close to getting a gold at black belt. Well, he's also got two silvers at ADCC mm-hmm. as well. And we both gave each other pink eye really badly one time. So we've been where we're truly uh, bonded there. But then we do the pod with Keenan three hours. I've already agreed to hang out with PJ and his buddy, Evan. So this is already on the table, but I was trying to back out of it. I was trying to back out of it because obviously exhausted, crazy week, crazy seminar, podcast, barely eaten, living off energy drinks and Adderall. And you had prearranged plans to go see a Californian lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I say, and then you say to me, wait, she hasn't replied for over an hour. And I'm like, all right, then. 
there's a free pass to be one of the boys, to come out with the boys. I'm going out to support the boys. PJ's birthday. I didn't know that at the moment. Just add that in there. And Freddie literally abandons the boys. This is, this is, I don't know if this is an American thing. It might be an American thing, but we have this thing in Australia called the boys. Take, for example, we're in Bali, Mitch. Mitch has two kids, a wife, but anytime there was a Alion party, we'd be like, hey, you coming? He'd be like, oh, I can't, I can't. We'd be like, really? He'd be like, yeah, man. Fuck He's it, also worth like $45 billion, so his wife can't say anything. Mitch, Mitch is. I'm just saying. No, I don't know how rich Mitch is. Hey, I think he's doing all right. I think he's doing all right. But I mean, just, I think that's just Aussie culture. You know, I think it's something missing in America. You know, I say, hey, Freddie, come support me. Support your boy. He's tired. He's got, he's going to go out party, meet these people. You send him out into the world solo. Look, I'm going to look in the wrong when people watch this for sure. And I agree. I, sh- I, I should have gone, but you guys should have given me an earlier, like, you weren't going to go. And then I was like, all right, this is not happening. Well, I wasn't going to go until you were like, all right, now she doesn't hear me back for an hour. I'll go. I was in the fucking shower. I was taking shit. Like, you know, like. So this is it. So his lady doesn't miss him back for an hour, right? I'm like, all right, well, me and Freddie will go together. Maybe we bounce early together, right? So I'm like, that's how I leave it. And then I go to the bathroom to take a shit. Obviously, come back from Bali. We're doing some business in there. You know what I mean? We're at war. And then I just hear this little, like, uh, just, and it's like, hey, Craig. <laughs> I don't think I can come. She just called me. And I was like, are you got to be kidding me? Eh? Never send an American to do an Australian's job, you know? It's I didn't about, knock, but I did say that. It's about the boys. And I was like, what just happened? In the span of a shit, this man went from, yeah, fuck her, I'm coming to, oh, I absolutely can't go. We had a good phone call. The, a- the best was, though, the best was, I was like, bro, tell her you got to work and that you have tomorrow off. But you literally were like, but what if she gets angry and doesn't see me tomorrow? <laughs> and I was like, who am I dealing with here? It, was, it wasn't a risk I was willing to take in the moment. And honestly, it ended up being great. Um, but, you know, I, dude, you guys stayed out till like seven, dude. It I was a late one, bro. It's a late, but I mean, that's what, that's what it's about, bro. The boys, you ain't got to support the boys. To be fair, if I would have known it was PJ's birthday, I would have gone just off that. Well, I feel you- bad for that now. Looking back at you it. You feel bad. What about PJ, man? You left a man. Yeah. Left well, a man alone. Yeah, yeah. Defenseless. He's super nice guy. I, I do feel bad. Um, I will make it up to PJ next time I'm in San Diego. Yeah. We, I made, I, I made some new friends in San Diego. Evan, super cool guy. He took us on a wild adventure. Right? That's where we had those. I show up to meet these guys and they've prearranged a bottle to come out that says new wave all day. Dude, that's so funny. So they got me good with that. The reaction was pretty good. Um, and it lingered a while, you know, like they held it there for a while, like really fucking twisting the knife in. Letting it sink in. But yeah, we had a good night. Sunday was a bit of a wash. We went over to Mexico. We're trying to actually find, um, I was trying to find some fucking Vivance or something. Yeah, I was know? trying to find some Cialis for myself. Yeah, so you got the Cialis, but we were out of luck on the uh, Vivance. So we got across the border back and uh, San Ysidro was like fucking... 90 minutes. Usually, plus, yeah. whenever I've walked across, usually I can walk straight back, but you see Joe was 90, so our cab driver took us to Otay, and then Otay took like 45 minutes. I was like running on not much sleep, big week, running on the heartbreak of a friend that abandoned him for a lady. So I'm fucking feeling tired, you know what I mean? And then uh, eventually we get some rest, wake up the next day. I go get some rounds in. Well, I don't say we wake up the next day because you abandoned me again that night, but I wake up the next day, I go train with Kit 
and PJ. I didn't even want to roll that day, but like it was, it was just the right mood, you know? And then we filmed a pod with Kit yep. straight to the airport, straight back here. And then now I'm flying. I won't say where I'm flying, but I'm flying out again today. I literally got a message at 3 a.m. today. I've only been, I wouldn't have even been back fucking 12 hours. 12 hours, no. And I'm already another international trip. So it's like the frequent flyer miles are adding up. The mileage on the body, my personal emotions are very high. Are very, They're running very high right now. Brutal. That's a brutal journey though. Yeah. I mean, can't talk about it much obviously, but this trip coming up is pretty fucking sick. Yeah. This trip will be pretty exciting. One trip we can talk about is, uh, Geraldo Mearshaft. I've got a match and a lot people were like, Hey, why are you taking on a UFC fighter? I'm like, cause it's theoretically meant to be easier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If someone says, Hey Craig, I'm going to pay you X amount of money to face this crazy Brazilian world champion or the same amount to face a UFC fighter, you're damn sure I'm taking the easy match. You know, that's just what life is, man. You see, I've got a crazy schedule. So like I'm taking the easy ones. Yeah. Work, work, uh, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Like I was meant to have a rematch with Philippe Penner under a different rule set in December and me and Philippe had discussed it. But then eventually I was just like, bro, I do not have time to do a camp. You know, like if I'm going to take on a fucking killer like that, like, bro, give me a four to six week camp. Even the EBR overtime match we had, I was helping Izzy before that. So I only trained for maybe three weeks and I was sick for like a bit of that time too. So I was like, it's just brutal. It's so hard. That's why people that do jujitsu have absolutely no lives because you don't have any energy for anything else. You don't even have any energy for abandoning the boys, things like that. Things of that nature, you know what I mean? Um, Geraldo's no side has like 27 wins by submission out of like his fucking 35. A ton, you know? yeah. And the reason this match got set up, right, is because I had that match with Sean Brady back in the day. And like all my fans do, I love these guys. If I take an L, they'll give me any excuse in the world. So after the Brady match, I was like, yeah, yeah, he lost because there were no heel hooks. And I was like, you're damn right damn I did. Right. <laughs> and then Geraldo, I honestly don't know. It's... it's Gerald. Gerald, yeah. Gerald yeah. Mearshaft. Yeah. Mearshaft or Shaft? Uh, is it the Shaft or Shaft? It is. Uh, sh- so M-E-E-R-S-C-H-A-E-R-T. It's like- That's a man in desperate need of a real nickname, eh? Like, bro, <laughs> fucking... Because there's a few Gerald's or Geraldos and shit in MMA. His his nickname is The Machine, just so you know. The Machine. Well, I guess that's why they do not call him The Machine. That's a rough... They got it, man. Got it. Again, where's he from? Is he American? Uh, let's see. He's actually, yeah, he's born in Wisconsin, bro. Ah, it's some fucking American shit, eh? Yeah. I thought he was like German or something or something like that. Yeah, he definitely got some, some heritage there. But yeah, 27 submissions. But he, after the Brady match, he was like, yo, I could beat Craig Jones with heel hooks. And I was like, fucking, that sounds all right to me. You know, like, let's do it, eh? Yeah. I've never spoken to the guy. I've never met the guy, not to my knowledge. Never train with him. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. Eh? Did be he call fun. you out after a UFC fight or did it happen somewhere else? He I, called me out after I lost to Sean Brady, which. But like what, on Twitter or something? Like On what, Twitter, yeah. Like, which all respect to him. Hey, like if you call someone out after a loss, you're a fucking smart guy. Eh? That's the way to do it. Eh? That's yeah. the way to get a career going. But yeah, he's, man, he's got an extensive UFC record. Unfortunately, most people know him because he faced Hamzad and got knocked out. But I honestly wish we could have seen them 
tussle a bit on the ground because yeah. yeah like 27 submissions it would have been sick to see a good one because like yeah, i remember when hems out first gilbert uh face gilbert burns like he was kind of a bit tentative around gilbert's guard so it would be interesting to see him face like a a high level grappler that's dangerous off his back yeah that was like a second fight in the ufc for hamza so it was the one that he touched him and he he went out so it definitely would have been good to see that now knowing what you know about hamza yeah, we got Hamzat coming back <clears throat> next weekend against the uh, boy Pulo Costa. Fucking hilarious! You boss. saw he got elbow surgery like three days ago. I saw that. He, I saw that, but you never know. You like know what I mean? Could be trolling you. Yeah. It could be a bit older than like people throw crazy shit out. I know sometimes guys will throw out things where they pretend to be out of a fight just to fuck with their opponent yeah. a bit, like because this fight has. It's been meant to get made, but it's fallen off before, right? Like, I mean, it's a sick fight. I cannot wait to see him face off. It's going to be hilarious. Even the press conference, say, hey, should be funny. Hamza doesn't say much in terms of variety, but he delivers a strong message. You know, Paulo Costa, he will take it anywhere. He will take it. Uh, I remember he was insulting Luke Rockhold for dressing like a like almost like too stylish or like criti- like saying like, hey. Act your age, let go of your youth. But then Paulo went and got hair transplant. And I was like, fuck, this cunt's hilarious. Eh? Like, <laughs> attack yeah. someone for something that you just do. Yeah, he's a bit of a fashion guy himself. He took a picture with the Keep Jiu Jitsu Gay shirt, no? Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he said, uh, thank God I'm a wrestler now. <laughs> thank God I'm a wrestler. That was funny, actually. Shout out to him. That was a, that was a good selling shirt. No one else believed me. I said, hey, this is gold. And then? Made some money off that, and no lawsuits in that one. No, no cease and desist. Which we got, we got one of those now. I won't say, I won't say who, but yeah, we definitely do have a cease and desist. And then, actually, speaking of Paulo Costa, potentially Hamza, that brings us to our next topic. How has Evertitan been doing for you with your testosterone replacement therapy? <clears throat> um, really well. I wake up every day on the on the clock, three a.m. and then five forty-five. With just a raging boner. With a raging boner. Yeah, every day, doesn't fail. So that's why that's uh, that might have influenced you in abandoning the boys a little bit. I would say a hundred percent it did. Yes, I would have abandoned you guys before it's testosterone anyway. So I but. thought the higher testosterone would have associated you more with the the boy culture, the man culture. You know, one of the boys. I needed to. I needed to get rid of. But what I had inside me. I would consider you a hopeless romantic. With. With the other drugs that happened, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> I love gonna... how careful you're trying to be about saying anything. <laughs> I have to be careful, yeah. I swear to God, like, that's how you know a man likes a girl. He's like, oh, we better be careful what we say. When we're talking single moms, you're like, fucking throw this woman yeah. to the dirt, man. I know she won't watch this, so this is pretty um, easy, but yeah, small world. Evertitan is a online health provider that offers services for all Texas residents. So yeah, localized in Texas, uh, hormone replacement therapy for both men and women the offers comprehensive blood panels. Maybe we released my blood panel. We de- I, they definitely got me a comprehensive one, but I refused to fast before. Like I was just like such a child about, it. I'm like, I'm not going to not eat in the morning. or have a coffee. Like it's fucking out of, you could just release mine so you could look healthy and just put your name above mine. They don't want to, you don't want to see like all the STDs that come out for yours. So, STDs, the gay men are immune to STDs, man. <laughs> uh, so they offer performance enhancement and recovery products for athletes, uh, active athletes. So yeah, like obviously, if we go through some of the products, right? They got all the peptides. I mean, most jujitsu people have been interested. They've tried peptides. 
BPC uh, 157. I'm trying to think of the other ones I've tried, like growth hormone, peptides, TB500 for inflammation. Yeah, most people talk about BPC 157 and TB500 for injuring. Yeah, that's uh, the one that I, he gave me for my knees. Yep. Joint, yeah, for joints and stuff like that, for healing healing injuries. Um, but yeah, I think so far Ever Titan are pretty good in terms of the dosages they give you. I know some. Some companies out there will basically give you whatever TRT dosage you want. You know, like each year that goes by, the average TRT dose goes up. Like I think like something like 250 is pretty fucking excessive, you know. But I mean, some I've heard about people getting up to 400 milligrams a week from a prescribed doctor. So that's reassuring that these guys do stick within the guidelines for dosages. Now, these guys are great. I feel good. Uh, training has been going good. I feel like super recovered in the morning. Um, yeah, it's super awesome. I mean, obviously you still look like shit. I've also, I've only been like a week and a half. A week and a half, Two yeah, weeks maybe max. I think for you, they need a no. You know what? I think for you, you should just lift the weight once in a while or eat a real meal. I eat the meals. I don't lift the weights. Yeah, it's just boring. It's boring. Yeah. yeah. Is is it? I don't know. Is it boy? It's just a part of life. I just, I just rather grapple with grown men. Grapple with grown men. No, you honestly, you spend a lot of time grappling with small Mexican men in the gym, eh? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, you, you gotta, like to assert your Venezuelan dominance over them. You got to pick your battles, dude. You're fighting a UFC fighter. I'm gonna fight people who are smaller than me. We we actually got two guys in the morning class, Jorge, and what's the other guy's name? Drew. Drew. So we got Jorge and Drew, and these are two. How tall would they be? Together, I don't know what to ask tall. you because you say you're six three. Yeah, I'm six three. If you put them together, they're four feet tall. Yeah, so these are these are little guys, but they fucking throw down every morning. Eh? and I'm I, I was I had this plans. We're gonna give them some uh, lucha libre mas. Yeah, because it looks like a it looks like that. That's I, what, I think you should have that as a little super fight for the vlog, and then have them wear some singlets as well. Yeah, because they fucking they go scrap, Yeah, it's like they're fighting for a green card or something. Yeah, eh? yeah. it's fucking. I love it. Drew's like a little firecracker. Uh, and then Jorge knows how to get him going. They just really balance I mean, off each other. I don't know him that intimately. As, I do. As much as I, you. I roll every day with them. Dude. As much as <laughs> you sound like it. Eh? Um, what else? These guys also provide, uh, what did they provide you? So we got a bit of Anavar, Oxandrolone. Mm-hmm. And the other one too was Deca. Yep. yep. Deca, Deca Durabalon. ACG. HCG to keep to make sure obviously if you get on some tests your body starts stops producing testosterone so your nuts shrink they yeah, shrivel yeah. up Trust HCG me, I know. she that's the first thing she said she was like where are your nuts and I was like sorry about this H- yeah HCG's meant to prevent that it's not preventing it right now I think just the fact that you abandoned us your nuts cowered with fear and they fucking went back up inside you eh? either that or they're just super drained right now I've been following the Nikki Rod regiment. The Nikki Rod, you mean the Shane Gillis regiment? <laughs> yeah, the peptides as well. Obviously, we've all tried. If you're a jiu-jitsu athlete, you've pretty much tried everything. You've been injured, you try peptides. Peptides definitely work. They're an inconvenience, so you fucking have to do it every day. Eh? I don't like to do anything every day. Every day? I think mine's supposed to be like three times a week or something like that, but I'm not sure. I haven't started that yet. Yeah, you are actually incredibly inconsistent and lazy with your protocol. Uh, I... You know, from a person who's never injected myself with anything, I'm starting off slow for sure. But I, I just mean in terms of like, you just forget or you're lazy. Or no, confused. no, no. After you gave me shit because I I'd wanted to do it a certain way within a week, I'd just been following what yeah, you just, told me to just do. Just to reiterate for people at home, he, um, he goes, 
I'm going to, it says to inject twice a week. So he goes, I'll do Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Still, still within the week, but yeah. <laughs> but do you see the <laughs> error of your ways? I don't see the error of my ways because I, like uh, verbally, I'm still correct. The verbiage is right. It's two times within the week, but I do understand what you're talking about now. Yeah, I like it. You're gonna you're gonna die on that hill. We'll let we'll let you have it. Eh? We'll let you have it. <laughs> One of the fucking very little things I'm able to have yet. Um, but but no, I'm, I'm starting off slow. Uh, you know, trying to get used to pricking myself. It's not the most fun. But guys, we are sponsored by these guys, so we do have a coupon code. Uh, the code is B dash Team Five. That's the code. So that'll give you five percent off all therapies, excluding blood work. And a reminder that. All therapies and protocols overseen by medical professionals, all prescriptions compounded in FDA approved pharmacies. Yeah. So we've all done some black market steroids and we've all listened to our bro science friends. Uh, you don't have to do that anymore because Evertyton will take care of you. Actually, I reached out to Evertyton because I sent him a picture of Freddie. I said, have you ever seen a grown man that looks this much like the alien from Men in Black? We need to fix this immediately. You actually have something that no one else has. Your kidneys are bigger than your ass. <laughs> and that's why we're getting you on testosterone straight away. We're going to we're gonna sculpt you. Sick, sick. I'm just looking forward to taking these vitamin D supplements Nick gave me and uh, also beating my vitamin D deficiency, which is weird. I live in Texas. Yeah, we, uh, they did give us, they gave you some vitamin D stuff. I think my vitamins, I think my vitamins were surprisingly good. I yeah. probably live one of the unhealthiest lifestyles yeah. known to man. So like every time I get a blood blood work done, I'm shocked that there's not anything major wrong. Yeah. There's got to be something wrong with me, the lifestyle I live, you know? Yeah. And this is a full, full, like a full panel blood test. So I'm surprised they didn't find, I think what your cholesterol was fucked up, but you ate. Yeah. That was just cause I didn't fast. I think. Yeah. But I'm man, I'm perfect health, perfect health. Shockingly. Hey, now I've had a uh, blood work panels done for a long time. Just every, just, I get lazy, like a little obstacle in the way, like don't eat. I'm just, the idea of waking up driving to get my blood work done without having a coffee. It just sounds dangerous. You know, one thing we wanted to run your bloods were because of the, the shakes you got, eh? Yeah. But though, I wonder, no maybe a listener like knows, you, bro. Freddie doesn't drink coffee, doesn't take stimulants. He, he cries a lot, but I don't think that's got anything to do with it. No. Um, but he doesn't have a steady hand. Are there any medical experts at home that just could, uh, wasn't born to be a surgeon? No, no. But uh, yeah, I always wonder. Right? Like, is that is that? I don't know. I feel great. Yeah. Honestly, no one said anything about it until I moved here. You guys are just fucking looking anything that you guys he, can grab see, to fucking he make gets, fun of me for. He gets sensitive about because his it's shakes. like fuck. I no. I, I mean, I've known about this. But like, but it comes from a since place I of, moved here, it comes from a place of it's concern. like every day. Like Damien the other day is like, dude, you shake a lot. And well, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not no like, shit. I'm not trying to be like, yo, you got Parkinson's, you're going to die. <laughs> That's literally what you do I'm like every day. thinking like, hey, maybe there's something yeah. like, have you ever asked the doctor about it? No, bro. But I've gotten blood work before and nothing's ever happened. But and I, I mean, I feel it like might this not be blood like, related. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, I've never I mean, gone to fucking CAT scan or something like. I'm just curious, obviously not bi-curious enough for you, but. I am curious about what the shakes could be. I'm the type of person that like, if I'm, if I die, I'd rather not find out about it until I die. Like I'm good. I don't need to find out about it early. Like, let's say I did go and they're like, yeah, Parkinson's not have to live the next fucking 30 years of my life. knowing it's going to get worse. That's worse for me. 
But what if it's a treatable fucking illness? I mean, I doubt, I doubt that it's fucking treatable. Like, it could be that. It could be that syphilis that took out Al Capone. Eh? I'm not sure. But. I don't think I have syphilis. I've got an STD panel before as well because I had chlamydia before. So no STDs now. Very upfront about defensive about that, I'd say. No. But we're going to. Bro, it's like the only, like, you know, and it's like the only thing you got going. It's like, fuck, guys, like pick, some, pick on something else. No, but come, bro, you don't think people are asking you about your shakes because they're like, what no. could it be? Ladies used to ask me. And if I was nervous, yeah. yeah. I was like, no, bitch. You drink, you fucking, <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude, just burning calories on the go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'm just curious. I don't know. If a doctor listens to this and they want to do something, bring me out, I'll go do it. But um, I'm pretty sure since I can remember, I've had this and I've been pretty much fine. My parents don't seem worried about it, so why the fuck should I? Well, I mean, obviously they're hoping to get rid of you. They prefer your yeah. brother. I mean, unless like my parents like, drank before i was born or something but my parents don't drink now so either either it scared them and they don't drink now i mean if raising you didn't make them drink then i don't think they were drinking before you know i was the first child i was so good i thought your brother was older no i'm older than my brother he's the problem one i'm the fucking good one i just came up pretty good (laughs) (laughs) now we will finish it on that with doctors scrambling Bro scientists scrambling to figure out the shakes. Maybe we need you on more plates, more dates, eh? You think Derek would fucking... I mean, we're working with uh, ZT now. Maybe he can make the connection. Yeah, let's ask ZT. Zach T-Lander, eh? I don't don't even want to pronounce his last name because I'm going to fuck that up. Let's see if he knows the cause or possible cure of the shakes. I mean, you get get upset. We're picking on you, but we're also I'm not upset. It's just fucking like the one joke you guys have going for you because everything else is fucking But I mean, you shake every day, so it's hard to say, it's hard to be worried that there could be something wrong. Good thing these cameras have fucking stabilizers in them. (laughs) Maybe maybe it's the fact that I haven't lifted a weight and whatever stabilizer muscles in me are like fucking trying to You could have too much energy. Yeah, maybe it's like you're trying to fucking get it out of you. I don't know. What else can I do? But if there's any doctors out there, let me know so I can have these guys stop making fun of me. Honestly, I hope it's something bad so then you guys fucking feel terrible for all the jokes you I mean, But if it's something bad and the doctor cures it, then we'll feel great about harassing you. No, I mean, I've known about this for a while, but... That's a question. Should you, if your friend shakes, is it rude to bring it up? No, no, no. I don't think so. I'm not saying you guys are rude. I'm just saying, like, God damn it, like, pick a new joke. Like, again, I had Damien the other day bring it up. I'm like, Damien, no shit. Where the fuck have you been these past six months that I've been here? You know, it's like, fuck. <laughs> He's sick of the shake. <laughs> like, He's the fucking... Let's start a fucking... I think I'm going to fuck up something. I, I'd rather you make fun of me for not plugging in the mic than this now at this point. It's just like, bring me something fresh. I like the fresh joke. He's the human shake weight. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know no we'll leave it eh? we'll leave it fucking we'll leave your shakes alone yeah i, I hope your f- fucking plane when you fly over to wherever you're going gets hit by a fucking bomb <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why you're so defensive about the shakes say <laughs> i'm not i'm not but yeah i, I don't hope your plane gets bombed because there's a lot of i do i hope it fucking out. goes down eh? <laughs> All right, see i you. hope it goes down and it's like MH370 and no one ever finds it. And I can fucking, people have to think about me forever. They're like, fuck, where is that guy? Is he dead? Is he alive? Oh, fuck. When the fuck will we see you again after this? That's a good question. Probably, I'll come back here before I go to London, for sure. Cool, cool. And that's Knock it. another one out before that. Another one, another yeah. Another podcast before that, yeah. And a cure. Yeah. Later, boys. Thank you for listening to the El Segundo Podcast. 
Don't forget, Fat Cry Jones. <laughs>